Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors, they beat the Sacramento Kings who were resting uh, DeMontis Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk. Uh, the Warriors beat them in SAC 119-97. And the Warriors are still in fifth place in the Western Conference. They are half a game ahead of the Clippers. The Warriors have one game left. They play Portland on Sunday at uh, in Portland. And then the Clippers, they get Portland Saturday and then play the Suns on Sunday. It's going to be interesting, right? That's kind of a uh, an interesting setup because, let's face facts, the Warriors, they had better win on Sunday. They have to win because they are still not – out of the woods in terms of locking up uh, a sixth or fifth seed yet. So they have to win that one. But the Warriors got it done. We said that if they won out the rest of the games, then they're in control of their destiny, their fate. And, you know, they're still on track to do that. In their last nine games, they are seven and two. However, they're not super convincing, right? They've had stretches where they just look bad. And then they have stretches where it's like, oh, they're in fuego. And you're like, oh, this is this is something that hopefully they can bottle up and package for the playoffs. Even in this one against the Kings, again, the Kings were resting their dudes. But the Warriors, you know, they started off really, really well. They came out to a uh, – they got out to a 17-point lead. And then, you know, the NBA is a game of runs. But – uh, you would like to think that if the Warriors were ramping up for the postseason, that they would kind of have it on lockdown. And not that I ever felt truly threatened <laughs> that the Kings were going to take this game, but you would like to have seen once the Warriors got it up to 20 in the second half, when you know they built up that lead again, that they wouldn't let it come back down to eight. That being said, they got this one and, you know, you want them to be healthy and whole by the postseason. Draymond took a couple shots in this one. Uh, he took a shot to the head. Uh, he, <laughs> I think, took a shot to the back. And he's already fighting some, like, bumps and bruises just because of the way he plays and his age. So, you want to make sure he's good to go. Another reason why you want to avoid the play and you want these older vets on the Warriors to get some time away and just not be, you know, getting elbows <laughs> in the back, getting held, getting scratched up all over their arms, all that stuff. You want them to chill out for a second and get some time off. Jonathan Kaminga, he got knocked down to the ground on a on a foul, which on replay, it didn't look dirty, didn't look like a flagrant foul. I know a lot of people thought that Dozier grabbed him, but to me, it did not look like it. So I think the common foul call was fair, but things like that, you know, you want to make sure that no one, none of your key guys, none of your key rotation guys gets hurt for the playoffs. If you lose Draymond, obviously the Warriors are in a really, really bad spot. If you lose Kaminga, you know, you know, he's not as critical right now as Draymond, but uh, he is extremely critical in this rotation because he's such a unique dude on the roster for them to put on the court in terms of his athleticism, his ability to play defense, et cetera, et cetera, all the stuff that we've talked about all season long. So 
if you want to compare this to last season, last season felt a lot better as it was wrapping up because, of course, the Warriors weren't waiting until the end of the season, but they were playing really, really well, expecting Steph to come back for the first round against the Nuggets last year. And there was a lot of optimism. I remember talking last year, just get that team healthy, and then they'll peak at the right time. Steph coming off of uh, a month of basically rest last year would need a little time to get into rhythm, but then he'd be good to go. So that felt really good. I felt really confident. I predicted last season in our playoff preview that the Warriors would win the title, and they did. And I'm going to do another one of those with my buddy Aram in Toronto next week after the play-in. And I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure where I have the Warriors going just yet because we haven't seen Andrew Wiggins. And he's going to take that week to get used to being back on the court, get his conditioning up to NBA game speed, playoff speed levels, and we'll see what he has, right? We know it's going to take him a while on the offensive end, defensively and all that stuff, just conditioning. And then also, I mean, this team, we've seen it. Even though they've been seven and two, I mean, if you've watched these games, it's like those bad habits that we saw in this one against the Kings, again, could come back and haunt them in a couple games here and there and cost them a series, right? Like they fouled like crazy. <laughs> they had 22 fouls versus 16 for the Kings. Uh, amazingly, though, they shot 24 free throws to just 18 for Sack. And then also they turned the ball over 24 to 12. That is an insane number of turnovers. I mean, it felt like they coughed up the ball like five possessions in a row in the third quarter. These are the things, the details, the things that you have to do to win games in the playoffs. And not that this is indicative of what you're going to see throughout seven games, but as I've said, those bad habits, if they rear their ugly heads in two games, uh, it could put you in a really, really bad spot. Also, the reliance on the three, right? They shot really well, 16 for 36, 44% as a team, whereas the Kings, uh, 11 for 39, which is 28%. Hopefully, the Warriors miss the play-in. That, at this point would be an utter disaster because they're still in control of their fate, right? They don't have to scoreboard watch right now. It is literally just beat the lowly Portland Trailblazers and you are good to go. That's it. That's it. If you can't do that, then you deserve the play-in. You know what I mean? And it's tough because I have absolute confidence that this team will easily beat Portland in Portland. But I also have memories of this team this season losing to really bad teams, coughing up leads that they should have under wraps that basically teams have gift wrapped with a ribbon on top. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. It's like they should win. And I've felt confident in the past like couple of weeks that the Warriors will probably end up with a sixth seed. But you don't know. You don't know. That's why they play the games. But assuming that they do get the sixth or the fifth, then that week off is going to be huge and getting out of the plan and then just most likely playing this Kings team. Again, it was really strange because the Kings 
were only two games behind the Grizzlies for the second spot, and they each had two games left. But the Grizzlies were playing the Bucks two hours earlier. The Bucks, though, they'd locked down the the top seed in the East, so they were clearly going to rest their their main guys. So that meant that most likely the Grizzlies would win. And then if if the Grizzlies were going to win, then Sack had no chance at number two. And so you don't play your best players then. And then the Warriors can win more easily. So it all kind of worked out. A couple other things about this game. Uh, Anthony Lamb did not play until garbage time. Uh, Kerr went with Moses Moody in that spot. And I didn't mind that, you know, I didn't mind that at all. Get Moody some time out there. Uh, I was totally fine with that. Jonathan Kaminga, as I mentioned before, he uh, hit the ground pretty hard, but the thing about being 20 years old is he might feel some bruising (laughs) afterwards and soreness, but you know, 19 minutes, four for five from the field, hit both of his threes, five for six from the line, one assist, one rebound, 15 points. I'm just enjoying watching that guy play. You know, I've talked about him so much this season, but even like the little things, let's just talk about his first couple of minutes on the court. He comes in and he takes his guy off the dribble, kind of surveys a little bit and then waits, sees what evolves. And then he sees the guy open on the wing, on the opposite wing, Looney is underneath the basket. The guy guarding Looney goes out to the wing and then Looney's wide open and then Kaminga hits him. (laughs) Easy two points right there. So that's a small thing he's seeing the game. You know what I mean? And he's like understanding the game. What happens when he moves on the court, how other guys react. And, you know, to me, that's just a a little thing. I know he's been doing that for a little bit, but it was a beautiful moment for me personally. And then later on, just he gets the ball at the top of the arc and hits the three smooth. So I'm enjoying seeing his game a lot. You guys know how much I am a fan of his. So uh, good on him. Found it interesting, though, that the three most recent Warriors number seven picks were all on the court at uh, the same time. Uh, That's, you know, of course, Jonathan Kaminga, 2021, Harrison Barnes for the Kings, 2012, and then Steph Curry, uh, 2009. And just to reiterate, the the Warriors have done really well with the number seven pick. the one before that was Chris Mullen in 1985. So good on them. It's crazy because you would think this feeling of almost getting there, almost getting out of the play-in would be really, really satisfying. But there's something about it to me where, you know, because there's still a little up and down, there's still that uncertainty and, you know, you're just rolling with it. I want to see, again, this team healthy and whole play the Kings. I think that's going to be a really, really interesting matchup once Wiggins gets his legs under him and all this other stuff. That's what I'm really, really looking forward to. You know, even though it's entertaining to have to go to the 82nd game for a lot of these teams, it's exhausting. It's exhausting to watch this team kind of fluctuate being really, really like looking like world beaters and then looking like like garbage, you know what I mean? And it's just gone back and forth, back and forth. And so me personally, I'm hoping, and I kind of have alluded to this before, is that once they just lock this up, good to go, they can just like 
put this regular season just in a box and then shove it away somewhere up in the attic and like cover it up with other boxes and just forget about it because it doesn't matter anymore. That's the big takeaway for me when the season's over. It doesn't matter anymore because that's not something to be proud of if you're the defending champs, right? So when you start out zero and zero and every other team is also zero and zero, then that's when I think it'll really, really start hitting me that the Warriors have a chance. You know what I mean? Right now they're just chugging along. (laughs) And as I've said many times, scratching and clawing until the very end just to get there. And we're just about there. I'm sure it's fun watching them win a handful of games here and there the past couple of weeks, but like, I'm sure, I'm sure I know a lot of y'all who comment on YouTube are just as exhausted as I am about this, but you know, like the official moniker of this Oakland Warriors podcast, if you didn't love them at their worst, you don't deserve them at their best. It just so happens that their best and the worst are usually in the same game, you know? That's the story of 2022-2023. All right, that's all I got. I'll see you after the Blazers game, and hopefully, hopefully, that is a win. Because if not, oh my gosh. (laughs) I can't even imagine what I'll be talking about at that point. All right, well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Folk Society. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. <laughs>